strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, big news around the country today is that NBA uh, owner Robert Cyber, managing partner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, suspended for one year, fined $10 million by the NBA. Joining me in studio from Arizona Sports is Dan Bickley. Um, first reaction when you saw the news today? Uh, surprised. Um, I, I think that a lot of people thought the NBA uh, was was built on a different kind of set of core values where, you know, we've seen the NFL, for instance, be very tolerant and, and basically shield their owners when they get into trouble. Um, the NBA has always tried to be very progressive in that regard. And, and I think what the statement um, reports as fact that the NBA investigation found this, 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 this and this. And then if you go and you read some of the 43 page report, and I've only gotten a couple of pages into it, there's a lot of really grotesque, damning passages. There's a feeling that Robert Sarver got off easy. Um, the fine was 10 million bucks, but that was the maximum they could levy against him. It is. And there was reporting from Adrian Wojnarowski that, that the end game between Robert Sarver and his lawyers and the NBA became very acrimonious because he thought even that was too punitive. And so what, what I think is going to be interesting here is where this story goes, because I think there's a lot of people who are disappointed. Um, I know Reverend Al Sharpton was making a ton of noise on this subject. Uh, I wonder if, if anything about this report it would would qualify for breach of of conduct with uh, with his partners with the Suns and if they could force him to sell. I know a lot of Suns fans were hoping he would have to sell, but they were doing so basically for that decade of dysfunction that we all experienced before this mm-hmm. current team came to town. Um, so it, it just seems like the NBA is saying we have found him guilty of all of this and yet we're only going to suspend him for a year. Uh, I don't I don't know how that's going to play. Um, I've always said in situations like this, Mike, that y- you look to the basketball team to kind of get a gauge on what the owner's all about. And Chris Paul was part of a basketball team with the Clippers uh, when Donald Sterling was caught right. on tape saying racist things. And that basketball team was not going to play for him. So that, that end game was pretty obvious where it was going. The Suns haven't really said anything about this. I'll be curious to see if there is any reaction now. Or if if there's a reaction from the Mercury, the WNBA team, as a lot of this it tends to be workplace toxicity, misogyny, that kind of stuff. Um, there was uh, there was one former ex employee who went on Twitter and expressed her very deep. Uh, dissatisfaction with the NBA because they agreed to to violate their NDAs. They allowed to speak to the I read league. those tweets. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And so I think there's just a lot of people who expected more from the NBA in, in this regard, but I think they ran up against a guy who was fighting them tooth and nail and a guy who does not want to, is never going to and not intending to sell, the, sell his basketball team. So uh, I, I think he's very combative that way. So... You know, I, I don't know whether a, what a year away is going to do to his perspective, but uh, I, I think a lot of people were surprised by this. And the fact that as of last check, uh, in our and counting, there's still no statement from the Phoenix Suns. So who takes over in the leadership role of the Suns? Yeah, that's a real good question. I'm not sure. Uh, Joms Najafi is, is is one of his partners who was sitting, was a high-profile guy, and I, and I think he was one of the guys who was sort of um, really aghast at some of what he had witnessed. I don't know where the where the organization goes and who's leading the organization, but there are some tough questions to be answered here because you know basketball camp they're going to report to camp in thirteen days, so it, how will this affect how much money? 
they're spending on payroll. Who's making those decisions? A lot of that is going to have to fall out. I'm, I'm real curious over the next few hours exactly what kind of comes out in terms of reaction. You've got a, a, a coach on this team that is highly respected in all circles of the NBA. You've got Chris Paul, another class act of a player. Um, and they have not reacted, as you said before. Is there an expectation that they have to? I mean, they've got to react in some way. Yeah, you know, it's so to me, I think that their lack of reaction, I think, really was sort of um, sort of the basketball team saying, OK, there's these reports of him being racist, of him using the N word. If the basketball team had witnessed that, if they believed that was the true character of Robert Sarver, I think you would have heard something from them. I really do. Because, like I said, Chris Paul was part of that Donald Sterling mm-hmm. thing. And yet the Suns culture is pretty buttoned up as well. Um, I'm I'm curious about about the people who who came out in support of Robert Sarver and and claimed they've never seen any of this when this investigation interviewed 320 people, looked at 80,000 documents. Sounds fairly substantive. Uh, substantive, whatever the word is. <laughs> um, so substantial. They, okay. That's it. That's the word. So they were. You're asking me for help with words. You of all people. <laughs> One of the most prolific writers in this town. <laughs> you want my help with that's, vocabulary? That's You've talked to me before. I have. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> We've known each other um, a long time, Ruby. When you look at when you look at this uh, from a different perspective, um, did it take as long as it took now that you've not read the whole report because it was so comprehensive because of the accusation they weren't doing their job? Was it just they wanted to make sure because it was going to be such serious accusations they wanted the eyes dotted and the T's yeah, crossed? I think I think the answer to that is yes, and then some. I think I think. What happened, um, I, I had a couple of really good sources at the beginning of this that said the NBA investigation expanded. So they went in to corroborate a lot that was in that ESPN report, and then they ended up having to, to research and you know substantiate uh, X amount of new allegations. So that lengthened the thing considerably. But I also I, – I know that Robert Sarver hired you know a, a crackpot legal team, so I'm sure there was a lot of that going on. So, so if the NBA was going up against a form legal opponent, they wanted to make sure that that no proverbial stone was left unturned. All right, so last but not least, let's talk about the financial part of this. If, and this is just a big if, if sponsors, if the people that buy the suites, if the people that put their sign name on the building, if the people that spend the money so that Sarver's got the ability to pay these employees, it's not just the NBA dollars. If a lot of them decide we're out as long as he's in, does that force the hand again with Sarver? Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, that's the other element that I'm going to be watching at here, because if that's going to happen, that's going to have to happen pretty quickly. And like I said, for the NBA to kind of put forth all of this, um, yeah, I think... I think it's going to make those sponsors react. And so are there going to be people calling on those sponsors to get involved and to, to, to pick a side, if you will? That that's the remaining that's the remaining piece in this. Yeah, if 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 you know you're spending the kind of money to have the naming rights to the footprint center, if you're that company and you say we're putting our name on your building and now we're associated with you, is exactly. there a clause in that contract that says we're done, we're out? That's exactly right. And so I think that and I, I don't know the d- direct answers to that. But, you know, Footprint is is the title sponsor of the arena. There's any PayPal is on their sure. uniforms. There's any, any number of these relationships. It's really going to be how much pressure do they feel or or do they feel because if they were if they were alarmed by this to the point of, of acting independently, they might have done this already. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't. But but to me, that's the remaining piece here is how, how does that 
how do those revenue streams react to this news? Because that could be something that gets the NBA to what they might have wanted to do in yeah, the first because place. Because the Phoenix Suns, because of their success, have all these people that are clamoring to be associated yeah. with them. Everybody wants to be the official lawyer and the plumber and the of, of the team, and they they clamor for that because of the team's success. This could drive a lot of those people that's to say, I don't point. want my name attached yeah. to yours. Yeah, that's a great point. So I so I think that that I don't think this story is over. Um, but I do think a lot of people are surprised by it. I'm curious to see what the organizational response is going to be. Uh, but uh, but I do think that that there's a lot of people who are angry at the NBA. They expected something different from Adam Silver in the NBA. As always, man, I appreciate it. You're the best, Broomy. Thank that, you, man. That is Dan Bickley from Arizona Sports. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to talk about the economy. We've got to talk about the Consumer Price Index, although I could talk about this all day long. We'll get that coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Grammy Award-winning artist Michael Buble is heading to the Footprint Center on September 20th for his brand-new Hire Tour. Limited tickets are still available, but if you want to win a pair, head over to the contest page at KTAR.com. Uh, so let's tell you where we're at. Right now, the Dow is down to about 2.66%. S&P is down 3%. NASDAQ is down 3.8%. Um, so we are seeing a fall across the board because inflation data is uh, higher than was expected. We saw a rise in inflation, even though we've seen a dramatic drop in gas prices, which means even though you're paying less for gas, you haven't made up for that in what you're paying for food and shelter. So uh, here is a statement from the president on the consumer price index. Today's data shows more progress in bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy. Overall, prices have been essentially flat in our country these last months. That is welcome news for American families with more work still to do. Gas prices are down an average of $1.30 a gallon. This month, we saw some price increases slow from the months before at the grocery store. The real wages went up again for a second month in a row, giving hardworking families a little breathing room. It will take more time to resolve uh, and resolve to bring inflation down, which is why we passed the Inflation Reduction Act to lower the cost of health care, prescription drugs and energy. And my economy, my economic plan is showing that as we bring prices down, we are creating good paying jobs and bringing manufacturing back to America. Wow. Um, They are celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act today with a party at the White House. Um, I will tell you, I bear no ill will toward anyone personally. Um, I don't know any of these people, so I really can't judge them because I don't know them. But I can judge their behavior and actions as leaders. And that's something we all should do. Uh, A word used in legal terms all the time is dispassionate, meaning it is just a logical conclusion. It has nothing to do with my emotion on the issue. And a dispassionate look at this administration, I'll be honest, I cannot see one bright spot, not one. And uh, that obviously clouded with my political views. But look at the direction for the American people. Let's go back to the beginning of all of this. You know, and it would be a waste of time to do it because everybody remembers it. The, The president of the United States, the former Press secretary for the White House, uh, Treasury, uh, the people over at the Fed, um, across the gamut, we heard people come out in this administration with one message, that inflation 
was transitory or transitional, that this was going to spike up a little bit, then it was going to dramatically fall back down. They didn't act. They were warned by experts for months and months and months. You need to do something about this. And it is, it's, an, it, it's like having a serious illness. The longer that you take to address a serious illness, the longer and more dramatic the response has to be. Anybody out there that's a cancer survivor, um, you know, I and it is it has really been an issue in my family. And uh, thankfully, my mother is a cancer survivor. But they caught her cancer so early. It was it was a blessing how it happened. But they caught her cancer so early that they were able to remove a small piece of her lung and they didn't even have to do chemo or radiation. The doctors were saying, had it been six weeks longer, it would have been a much more dramatic response in order to save her life. Um, that's why you know uh, you, they you get men get screened for colon cancer. Uh, it's why women have breast exams for for breast cancer. The early detection stops a dramatic response. The longer you wait, the more invasive and dramatic the response has to be. And here we are at a time in America's economy where we're hearing this nonsense from the White House. The, the Inflation Reduction Act. There isn't a soul, not, not even the people in the president's own party, that believe that this is going to reduce inflation. No one. This is a climate bill. Back to my old adage. Everything. This administration does comes from a perspective that climate change is the number one issue facing this country. They're celebrating it today on a day we're seeing dramatic drops across every stock related uh, compositor index. We are seeing dramatic drops two and a half percent in the in the in the Dow over three percent in Nasdaq to a two point eight seven in S&P. We're seeing it across the board. They're celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation went up. They're talking about price reductions completely and utterly out of touch with the feelings of the American people. And they are going to pay a heavy price in November. I believe that to be true. Uh, I believe that's going to be true. Uh, Coming up in a moment, we talk about the border crisis. Um, We still have to go back to this. uh, This again, where I say there's not a bright spot. The millions of people that have come into this country illegally and now a response from a border sheriff and from border ranchers down in Texas after the vice president said the border is secure. We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. Uh, One of the big topics on the show, because we are a border state, is the U.S. border. But I think I would be talking about this no matter where I was because it's affected my life for most of my life. Um, I've been surrounded by people that I love very dearly that are immigrants to this country or first generation where their parents were direct immigrants to this country. Growing up in southwest Florida. Florida, where I did, uh, my, you know, my best friend in high school, I, I've mentioned many times, his name is Adam. Uh, both of his parents are from Mexico and really helped save me in a lot of ways. His dad really had a great work ethic, has a great work ethic. He's still working. Uh, his mom has passed away. But the um, the work ethic instilled in watching him run a business and, and thrive and really take pride in um, and, and being successful. And But the hard work behind it, those things meant a lot to me. Um, I'm not an expert, but I have more knowledge, and I mean inside knowledge, than a lot of people do. Uh, spent many summers working 
in the, um, well, I spent a couple of summers working in the fields themselves and not every day, every week, but I have been, I've worked in the migrant fields before because my father's dad owned a produce packing business. I've packed produce uh, summers for days and weeks at a time, long hours at night, um, where they would bring in a, a, you know, a, a buyer for a grocery store, buys an entire field of tomatoes. Uh, they're picked. They are brought back to the packing house. They run through a machine that sorts them by size. You, ta- you cull out the bad ones. You take the bad ones out, throw them away. They are cleaned and sized in boxes. They are then stacked in pallets and inspected by the Department of Agriculture. Then they are sent to market. I've worked on those machines. I've been around people that just work very hard for the American dream. Um, My friends from Cuba, my friends from Russia, my friends from all over the world. This is not an anti-immigration stance that I have. By far, it sure isn't. I I think immigrants are a blessing to this country. I think our immigration problem shows what a great country the world sees us as. They want to come here and live the American dream. What we've lost sight of is an orderly way of doing things. And this White House continues to turn a blind eye to the tragedy at the border. Sheriff of Goliad County as Sheriff Boyd in Goliad County, Texas, had a response to the vice president's comments that the border is secure. The border is not closed. The border is wide open. In Texas, the Border Patrol is encountering over 100,000 illegal aliens on Texas soil every month. Border Patrol agents tell me that on a good day, they encounter between 8 and 15 percent of the number of people that actually come across. So you can take that number and figure out what's really coming across. It's an outstanding number of people. And so these are the border sheriffs. And this is the part of what I don't understand is if it were me, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, leader, president, I would be going to sheriffs that have worked on the border for years. I would be going to the border sheriffs, whether they agreed with me or they disagreed with me. And I'd ask them for their input. What are the people in your town, your county? What are they facing? Uh, I would talk to leaders like that and listen to what they have to say. And then I would have the courage to tell them what I was going to do, even if they were going to disagree with me. But how does anybody on our side of the border look at what's happening and say the border is secure? It absolutely is not secure. It, there's not you couldn't you can't even fake that. There isn't even an angle to this where you could say really it is. Now the blaming it on the previous administration is a political tactic that you're just never going to get away from. But actually uttering the words that the border is secure in as much, and that is what the vice president said, and went on to explain what she meant by in as much. The issue that we all should have as Americans is this is an un-American way to do things. I mean, very honestly, um, I don't know how many of you know immigrants to this country. I know many. And I will tell you, anyone that comes to this country and says, I'm going to renounce the citizenship of the nation of my birth to become one of you, to become an American – I think that is, as an American, that is the biggest compliment you can pay. I can't imagine things as bad as they get here and as many celebrities as say they're moving to Canada, whatever. I cannot imagine being in a situation where I I renounced my citizenship. It seems like an impossibility to me. But there are people from all over the world that do it all the time because they want to give their children and their children's children a chance at a life that they believe you can only get on American soil. And we are letting them down. 
We are letting down the legal immigrants. The, we are we are we are a benevolent country. We are a nation of asylum. If you have a, a natural disaster, if you have a war, whatever it is, the, the potato famine. Going back to the Irish coming here, we, we are a nation that takes people in that are seeking refuge. That is in our DNA. That's our culture, and that system is being completely used. That system is being abused. Well over 50%, some say as high as 90%, but everybody agrees it's well over 50% of the asylum claims of people crossing our border now are deemed illegitimate in the end by the time they get their hearing dates and everything else. So what we are doing with legitimate asylum seekers, so why don't we shift our focus? Every once in a while, when we see a trial for someone that has committed a crime, we are always focused on the victimizer and how they become the victim, their horrible life, their terrible circumstances, their upbringing. But if you focus on the crime they committed, it's a lot harder for you to see them in, in a sympathetic way for that crime they committed. First, there's the punishment for that crime. Then we can talk about rehabilitation. Instead of us looking at the people that are doing it the wrong way, why don't we focus on the people that are doing it the right way? What do we say to the legitimate asylum seekers in this country that have a legitimate claim for asylum, but they have to wait months and years to have their case adjudicated because it's so clogged up with people that are doing it the wrong way? What do you say to them? What do you say to the millions of people that have become Americans through legitimate terms? They've taken the time. They've separated from their family. They've spent the money. They've done everything necessary to become a citizen, to then be told that there is a large group of people, millions of people that came here the wrong way, that have put down roots, and we are now going to give them the same rights that you have earned. We're going to give them the rights that you have earned. What do you say to them? And I mean that legit. There are a lot of people that disagree with me on the border stance um, on both sides. I have people that say I'm too much of an immigration advocate. I have other people that call me xenophobe. But I, I want to know, what do you say to the people that have done it the right way? What do you say to a legitimate asylum seeker that has to wear the, the ankle bracelet or have the monitoring device or whatever else until their case is adjudicated because the system is so clogged up? What do you say to them? We focus on the wrong people many times. We are focused on the wrong thing. I feel for the people that are dying in the desert. I am embarrassed that the southern border of the United States has been deemed the most dangerous land crossing on the planet. I'm embarrassed by that as an American. We are better than that. But I'm even more embarrassed that this administration would have the gall to look a camera, look into a camera and say that the border is secure. And every one of us should be outraged about that. Every single one of us. In a moment, um, the headline says every conspiracy theory came true. A conversation with quarterback Aaron Rodgers and Bill Maher. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's very simple to do. You can listen to the show whenever you want. Listen at your convenience. Never miss a minute of the show again. And I want to thank my friend Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley for sponsoring the podcast this week. You can get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. All right. A conversation between people, you know, again, uh, Bill Maher, pretty far left. 
Uh, he is certainly not a conservative and certainly not a Republican. He's been very, very critical of Donald Trump and of the Republican Party as a whole and Republican principles. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, sat down and had a conversation. The one thing I respect about people is when they are willing to push back against an ideology that they are expected to follow. Bill Maher has been a big critic of the way the federal government has handled COVID-19 and vaccines and mandates and things of that nature. Very critical, much to the dismay of people in his party. But he's been right. He had a conversation with Aaron uh, Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers, as you know, was a big he pushed back about uh, the COVID-19 policies in the NFL. And he said it, it was a two tiered system. And if you were vaccinated, you were treated one way and you were treated horribly if you weren't. And uh, this is a, just is just a quote from from Mar. This is all just this ideology. This is not medicine. This is indoctrination. And to me, the frightening thing was never the disease itself. The frightening thing was how much you could get people so quickly to change their way of life. Stay home, wear a mask. You know, that's Mar. And he's 100 percent right. And then Aaron Rodgers chimed in, said he was initially altruistic, uh, about two weeks to slow the spread. He said just about, well, everyone can everyone's conspiracy theory came true. Vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. And it turned into like a way from doing your job to stop the spread to like to lockdowns. So you weren't allowed to do your job. You were expected to lock down. Uh, he talked about the heavy restrictions for small business, the PPP loans, and um, and Aaron Rodgers said he's not going on Fox. So Aaron Rodgers isn't a diehard conservative either. We spent more to keep people hiding under the bed than we did for World War II. That's Mar speaking. Talk about a country that's gone a little soft. My problem with everything that's happened is we can never agree to disagree anymore. I am a live and let live person. I truly am. Um, and the people and I defended and, and I went after people on my side of the aisle. Here's how. When I came out and defended the anti-vaxxers and the anti-mask crowd because they were getting crushed, public opinion said they should lose their jobs, they should lose their children, they shouldn't be allowed in public. There were violent outbursts, people coming up to unmasked people and losing their minds. And I defended them. And I said, mind your business. If they don't want to get vaccinated, they're only hurting themselves. They're not hurting you. They're hurting themselves. No, you're hurting people. And then someone can get infected that can infect somebody else. And you're, you're part of the problem. And, and I said, it's none of your business. Very personal thing. I know a lot of parents that never vaccinate their kids. And then... I got attacked from some people on my side of the aisle. Why? Because I got vaccinated and I got boosted. And I had people on my side of the aisle say to me, I can't believe you fell for that. You're a sheep and all this other stuff. And I said, mind your business. Right? Isn't that what you want? You want people to mind your own business. Don't meddle in mine. If I decide I want to get a vaccine, you want to, if you want to cancel me from the political right because I got a vaccine, that's your business, not mine. I'm not going anywhere. But both sides of this argument were, were losing their minds. The problem is it turns out that the anti-vaxxers were largely right. The National Institute for Health, the National Institute for Health, 
check me on this. Unless they took it down, they may have after they got a backlash. One of the treatments for COVID-19 that is now listed on the National Institute for Health website is ivermectin. Yes, that horse dewormer. The idiots that took ivermectin, you idiot. Why would you? You'll, you will use a horse dewormer, but you won't use a vaccine, you political hypocrite. It's now listed as a viable treatment for COVID-19. What about hydroxychloroquine? What about these other drugs that people said I want to? And who cares? Why do you care? You know, there are people that believed in medical marijuana. I've never smoked marijuana in my life. What do I care what you do? But here we are, this political juggernaut that said, you are a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. You you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be embarrassed. You ought to be ashamed that you're not wearing a mask. You ought to be ashamed that you're not protecting your kids by getting a vaccine and giving it to them. And it turns out, in the end, they were largely right. That doesn't mean I'm saying don't get vaccinated. I'm not saying it doesn't diminish the severity of the illness. I'm saying it doesn't cure it and it doesn't prevent it. And we were all told that multiple times by every leader we had from the president, the press secretary, Dr. Fauci, the National Institute for Health, the CDC, all said it prevented it. And they've had to backtrack. So you went after a group of people and actually said, and you can go look at the tweets unless people were so embarrassed they pulled them down, that they should lose their jobs and they should lose their children. We locked down schools for the better part of two years. We had teachers that were doing flashlight vigils at the Capitol over the policies of possibly opening up schools. They were going to record their own obituaries and they were going to uh, send them to the governor's office. That's what we did. So I think it's time for us to set down the disagreements and find a way to get along and realize not everybody's going to agree with us all the time. We're going to take up the topic of schools in the next hour. And I've got a story about the vouchers next.